Hey, it's Randy Holsey here with Backstage Pass Radio, and I'm joined by a special guest today. And we go way back to the uh, the school days together. We've played shows over the years together. He's a successful business person, a father, husband, a recording artist who has a CD available for download called Joy in the Storm. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, during the show. He's a local musician and one of my dearest longtime friends, and we'll jump into a chat with Paul Hartwell, so stay tuned. This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey. Hey, everyone. I am here with my buddy, Paul Hartwell. Paul, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad you could make it across town. I guess you came in from Conroe, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How was that track over here? It was pretty pretty smooth, actually. Yeah. yeah. What did you take, 99 over? Took 99, and it was, it was smooth sailing. So let's go back to the school days. We'll talk a little bit about the coming up and Paul, the youngster, and how music developed for you over time. So myself, I went to, you know, I was a Pearl Hall guy, went to South Houston Intermediate, and then went on to South Houston High School. What schools did you come up through? Well, I went uh, Jessup until fifth grade, and then uh, we moved and then went to Jensen Elementary. From there, I went to Miller and then went to South Houston also, and that's where we, we met. Okay, it was freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Probably doing things we weren't supposed to be doing. That's all right. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what was your involvement in high school? You know, I think for, for me, I was the choir guy. You know, I spent a lot of years in the choir. So that was kind of my, my staple in high school. What were you involved in back then? In high school, really, I was uh, more involved in golf. On the golf team all four years. And um, one of my biggest regrets was not being in choir or band. I think that I would have loved it. I don't know, never had the guidance to go in it. I mean, my brother never was in it, and my mom and dad, they didn't, you know, really in, in, encourage it, but they, they, they were big-time music lovers. Yeah. I mean, my love of music came from my mom and dad, absolutely. John Denver, Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson was always playing in the Yes, all For sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I go back to sixth grade. I joined the choir. Maybe because I was too small to play sports. So, so I gravitated to the choir and I found that I'm, I'm still dumb as a musician, but it gave me a really good foundation of theory that most people don't have. I think a lot of musicians today are just, hey, I play by ear. I don't know what a quarter note is. I don't know what a, a dotted half note is. They don't know those things. And I think the choir gave you a good appreciation for proper singing techniques and also time to to sing in tune your part and to have that good rhythm right so i think there was some good things that were picked up from the choir oh absolutely absolutely so you talked a little bit about musical influences so back in those days like the the junior high days i think were very impressionable as it relates to music you know that's when we're 
we're really getting into, you know, we're, we're hitting the teenage years and we're listening to things. What, what do you remember being the music of choice or the band of choice back then? What kind of shaped you uh, to move forward in your life? And then we'll talk about maybe some influences today, right, as, as a grown adult. Well, I started, you know, rock and roll with, with Kiss, of course. But my brother and my cousin, uh, Daryl, they were big ACDC fans. And this was before the uh, the breakout Highway to Hell. So we're talking about high voltage, uh, uh, let there be rock. If you want blood, you got it. And I just grew with an appreciation and love those songs. I mean, it just just it's just something I always gravitated to. And then my uh, 13th birthday, September 20th, 1979, my brother bought me a ticket. And uh, we saw ACDC at the music hall with Bon Scott, the original singer. It was a Highway to Hill tour. And uh, Molly Hatchett opened for him. So wow, I still remember that show. Wow, that's I really cool. Still, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then... Um, so Molly Hatchett opened opened up for them. And that was where you said in Dallas? No, no, no. That was a music hall. Oh, at the music hall. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, what, five months later, uh, Bon Scott passed away. So it was... Uh, I was really fortunate to be able to see him, though. He, he was a, a fantastic performer. I mean, just a, a great rock and roll singer. But I'd always always had the influences of, uh, like I said, mom. So I, I had the, 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 the country, the folk, that I already had the appreciation and love for. And then rock and roll came along. I think music has always been such a driving force in my life. It comforts me. It heals me. It takes me places it has such appreciation for music in general i know that you and i have played taking guitars out on the patio and other places in the house and i've known that about your mom and dad as they always sat and were attentive to the song they were inside the song there's so many people that are not inside the song these days they hear it they hear it for the music they hear they know the lyrics but they they don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they don't, there's a three and a half minute story that's being told in music and you either get it or you don't. And that's how I listen to music. I know that's how you listen to it. And I could tell, you know, from those times that we would play together and have a beer on the patio kind of thing, that they were genuinely into the music and loved to hear what you were delivering or yes. we were delivering or whoever was there yes. playing. Yeah, that's cool. But then, but your mom and dad were not musicians. They were not, you know, formally trained in anything. It was just the playing of the radio and albums yeah. and stuff growing yeah. up. So that's, and that's cool. He always had a, he always had a Wurlitzer fun maker around the organ and he'd have the organ and he'd play it all the time. And he'd have the easy note uh, chord charts and, and basically just playing the melody with the right hand. You that's know, cheating, isn't it? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. And, uh, and it, it, but that helped me too, you know, yeah. and, I, and I played a little bit of that. But it wasn't until 1990 when I graduated college. I was in Oklahoma City. I said, you know what, I'm going to buy me a guitar. I was 24 years old. I said, I'm going to learn to play this guitar and just, you know, keep this love of music going. And it was the best decision ever made. That's interesting because there's a telepathy here that I was going to ask you. And of course, I know the answer to that. But I, I was going to ask you, were you an instrumentalist, you know, as a young kid? Or did that come later, later on? So it, and it sounded like it come later on, yeah. you know, in yeah. the day. So the age again was how old? I was 24. Okay. So you were, you were well out of college yeah. and, and okay, gotcha. Yeah. And it just, um, I took a few lessons and it wasn't until I came back to Houston 
shoot, I guess it was 1991, and I uh, started playing with Dave Goodwin, who's such an accomplished guitar player, and we he really helped me along and, and, and got me going. So we played together a couple of years. Yeah. And it showed me a lot on the guitar. That's cool. I think we all have that mentor, right? The person that inspires us to even pick up the guitar to begin with. You know, mine was Mark, you know, over the years and Dave for you. And uh, that's really cool. So the guitar is the instrument of choice for you, oh, yeah. uh, with, without a doubt, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you're, you're a solo artist playing with Josh. We'll talk a little bit about uh, how that's going and Josh here shortly. But why do you think it was the guitar and not the organ, you know, there was the, the Wurlitzer organ you, you spoke of. Why not the blues harp? Why not something else, the violin, right? You know, I'd have to say just uh, rock and roll in general, you know, as far as Angus Young and, and Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen was coming on the scene or came on the scene, and, and I just, I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved where, what, what that music did to me Yeah, and how that guitar, just the guitar riff would just, drive it's driving yeah. Yeah. it goes right it to the me. to the bones yeah. yeah 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 absolutely absolutely i agree and you know this is certainly a podcast to learn more about you and you know where you've been your upcoming what you have going on mine's a sim- similar story that mine started with a classical piano teacher so i was a pianist at first but then i got to that age that teenage age where you're like who wants to listen to classical music? Not not that there's anything wrong with that, but you're you're a teenager. You know, you're getting into the girls. You and know, all, you you and the guitar. Buddies, exactly. All your buddies are listening to. Yep. This music over here that you don't play. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So so at some point in time, I cut ties with that classical piano teacher. I still continued to play the piano, but that's when I picked up the guitar and changed teachers. And you know, I, I started learning things like Sticks, Paradise Theater record, and that that's when everything changed for me. So did you did you have any guitar heroes growing up? You know, you're a guitarist. Was there anybody that really influenced the guitar for you? I know there's a lot of artists that you probably like, but was there right. one or two guitarists that just did it for you? I know you spoke of Angus Young, but was there any others that might have really drove you to being a, a better guitarist or wanting to learn to play? You know, Randy Rhodes that played with Ozzy, that he just it blew me away because he had such a classical training and, and the way he played the electric, and you never heard it like that before, you know. But personally, I mean, I would say also, besides Dave Goodwin, uh, Troy Mulville. Troy was an accomplished guitar player also, a local just watching Troy play and how he played, it was it, it, it just inspired me. Don Mark Ellis, yeah. Desmond's brother. Yeah. I used to sit there and watch him him and Brock Proctor in the uh the living room and just it just blew me away watching him play the electric guitar yeah. or the the bass guitar. Yeah. Now of course I knew Desmond. I knew Dom. Uh you, Dom and I played on stage at Fitzgerald's That's together. Right. That was my first meeting with Dom and he passed some years after that. Yeah, I didn't know that Dom went back to tied back with Brock Proctor and yes. I remember Brock Proctor from high school bass player and yes. I think he's with JJ Dynamite now That's or right. or yeah. or was associated I don't know much about the band or uh whatnot but uh, it seems like his name was tied to JJ Dynamite yeah 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 he's with JJ Dynamite now wears a great hat love the hat Brock <laughs> I'm sure that the musical taste has probably changed somewhat over time you know the ACDCs back in the day to to the man you are now, the stuff you're playing on stage. How do you see 
has there been a genre switch? Like, have you said, well, I used to be a rock guy, but now I'm a this guy? Or, I mean, how do you think that the taste has changed over the years? You know, I, I think it's just become more inclusive. It's it's the songs that touch me, the songs that move me, that can move other people. You know, I, I want people to come in, take a ride with me, right? Just let's, let's just have a blast together and let's just, let's just play some music, sing along with me. Let it move you. Let it move me. And, and that's what I search for. Um, and, and it could be it could be rock, could be country, could be folk. All over. All, all, over. all, all different all over, genres. Yeah. And all I don't over. think a lot of people understand the feeling that you get from delivering a song to somebody that is, is attentive to the song and yeah. that's really there to listen to the song. There's no greater gift to give than the gift of song, yeah. right? Yeah. And I know yeah. that you concur yeah. with that. Yeah, because it... It can change you. you yeah, know, it, it, it's it's powerful. I mean, music itself. I mean, from the Bible. I mean, the the whole book of Psalms is song, mm-hmm. and uh, that that always resonated with me. Sure, that's a great segue into your CD project that you had some years back. I don't. I'm horrible with dates and timelines. Yeah, for whatever reason, I'm great remembering names, faces, and musical trivia. But for some reason, the dates don't stick in my brain for some reason. But let's talk about the Joy in the Storm project. Uh, Probably gonna brush some cobwebs off your yeah, brain a little bit yeah. there. How did that come about? When did did you wake up one day and say, "Man, I want to do a CD," and I know that it's more along the religious gospel lines. So, so talk me through that. Where did the idea come from, and what was on your mind at the time? Well, it, at the time, I was. Um in the worship team at San Jacinto Baptist Church in Deer Park, I started writing songs. I started writing songs that um, I would get up in the morning during reading Bible scripture and whatever, and I said, you know, I want to take this and make it a song and maybe touch somebody that d- didn't read it that way or don't don't ever read the Bible. And so I ended up writing, wrote a number of songs, but we used 11 of them on the, on the CD. My, my buddy Jim Finley, uh, who I started working with at AT&T, it was starting to become a, a producer himself, and he had all the equipment in his house. And we we ended up we hammered out all those songs in Seabrook. And Jim told me, he said, "Man, you, we got we got to go to the studio. We got we got to put these down." And so we went to Sound Art Studios, worked with Brian Baker. We recorded it, and it's it's just recently I got it put on all the the streams out there, which is uh, you know Spotify, Amazon iTunes, you name it. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. And as a side note, we we just lost uh, uh, Jim's dad recently, and he was on that song. He was on the song "Joy in the Storm." He's singing the bass on it. You know, it, how funny, how ironic, even that you mentioned that because uh, yesterday I queued up and listened to the entirety, the whole CD from start to finish, and I remember listening to "Joy in the Storm" and. I said, who's the, who's the Oak Ridge boys doing the bass part, right? I heard yeah. the bass. The bass kind of, it just stuck out for some yeah. reason. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, I guess it was one of the studio musicians that they used to, to lay down vocal tracks, right? So I had no idea yeah. that that was Jim's dad. And uh, sorry to hear about the passing of his father. I didn't know Jim that well. Um, I remember seeing him, if my memory serves me correctly, he was in a band called Hollister Fracas That's back in the day, and the dude didn't wear no shoes, did he? No. He never wore shoes. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I remember Jim back from those days, but Jim is out. He's a producer in LA now, That's correct. right? And he has a, a production company, of course, but he also does uh, Finley Audio Machines. That's correct. And this is, I, I think, guitar and drum samples that he records, produces, and then he sells those to people. Is that what you understand the business to be? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And he still produces different um, musical acts and so forth. But uh, I owe so much to Jim. I mean, Jim never took one penny for any of the producing, the hammering those songs out, anything. He did it as a labor of love. And I, I just want to give a shout out to Jim. And I, I love you and I appreciate you. And, 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 and we did play joy in the storm at his dad's funeral okay it was the last song yeah so it was was, that's appropriate yeah yeah well that's cool and and i'm a firm believer that friends don't take from friends either so that probably gave him more enjoyment to to give you his professional gift than anything that he could have charged you by by way of hourly rate just if you guys are looking for audio tracks like uh, drum tracks and guitar tracks, uh, make sure you check out Jim's uh, website at makemusicbetter.com. A little shameless plug there for Jim. I know that he's living the dream out there in Los Angeles. Yeah. I see him riding his bike yeah. on the beach. Yeah, and, he's riding uh, his bike like, on the beach. While, while you and I, get, well, you don't go to work anymore, but that's, that's uh, neither here nor there. But I still get up and go to work and I want to get to that point where I get to ride my bike on the beach and and produce music. That would be really cool. So we're jealous. I'm jealous, Jim. What was the name of the studio that the effort was written in? Yeah, Sound Art Studios. And that was in what part of town? It's over off, um, it's in the, let's see, I say west part of town. Brian Baker is still the the manager there. He does a fantastic job, yes. The last short of my recording studio in the other part of my house the last studio that i was in was studio b in nashville and that was really really cool to be inside that studio where some of the greats had recorded like elvis and the everly brothers and whatnot looking back is there anything that you would change about that effort the songs choice uh would you add more songs taking away some songs i mean is there anything that you would hindsight 2020 yeah, Jim and I talked about that before, you know, and he said, you know, there's sometimes you just get to a, a point in time and you do your best, you know, and and you're satisfied with it, you know, that that it's that we're proud of it. Yeah. And, and we are. I mean, there's those songs. I've had so many people that reached out to me and how those songs had comforted them or, 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 or touched them in a certain way. And it's like, yeah, that's that's why they were done. Well, that's good because that's your freshman effort. And that that's great. You, you don't look back and say, well, man, I should have done this or I regret that. And we certainly look forward to more recordings. I don't know if there's any plans in the future, but certainly we yeah. look forward to some. Well, Josh, my, my son, Josh Hartwell, who plays uh, percussion with me, he's, he's starting to record and uh, we're going to, we're going to record some, some songs and now, and Noah, my son just recorded one with him and they're working on that right now. So yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, let us know when that drops and we'll get the word out there. I think of all the songs on the CD, um, there, there's one that stuck out that was my favorite, and I'd like to share that song with the listeners right now, so I'll cue that up. And again, like Paul said, you can find these out on all the streaming medias, the Spotify's, iTunes. Check it out, Paul Hartwell, Joy in the Storm, and we'll uh, go ahead and cue up a song called Still Counting. Sometimes it's hard to take it all in Considering where I've been 
than what I've done And with a little faith there's love and there's grace There's light upon my face And peace in my life My undeserving life Your love is there when all hope is gone Your peace is there when pressures are mounting Lord, I've counted my many blessings And I'm still counting Lord, I'm still counting May take this time to raise my praise to you For all you've brought me through And as life you've given me For all eternity Your love is there when all hope is gone Your peace is there when pressures are mounting I've counted my many blessings And I'm still counting Lord, I'm still counting That was still counting off the joy in the storm CD. I really like that that tune. Thank what you. what was the was there a certain inspiration behind that particular tune you know, that you can remember? I, I just um, I was just thinking of all the blessings I had, you know, with my family and had a job and so forth, and, and we had health in our family, and I just it's just a way of giving thanks, and I was hoping it resonated across other people for know? sure. And I, I think about that guitar that Noah's got now in Austin. I love that guitar. What, which one? Which one is it? That was my my, my first Taylor, my three ten. Oh, the three ten. He's yeah. got it. Yeah, I want it back. Did you, <laughs> I was going to say, did you give it to him, or is he just borrowing it like permanently? I gave it to him, but I don't want to actually Ooh. say I gave it to him. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that that might have been a mistake there. <laughs> I'm not giving anybody my guitars, not not while I'm still here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go to kind of a personal spot and and it's probably still a tender subject but you you lost your dad yeah last year yeah and i and i know that was hard on the family how's how's your mom doing these days after the loss yeah she she's doing good she's doing good and i'm, I'm spending as much time with her as i can and uh you know we're, we're, we're getting through it and i know it was hard on you too because i know you loved him yeah i was i was thinking about that the other day like you know, he was your dad. Of course, he was what twenty years my senior. But yeah. it was almost like he was a, a good friend to me. Like yeah. you know, everybody has that that older friend, he was, and he was part of the gang. He was yeah. part of the gang. Yeah. You know, we threw washers together. We had a lot of good times. I, I 
tried to never turn him down when he wanted to play golf. You know, he and I played out here at, at Black Horse quite a few times, and you know, we we always tried to get together and do that. But he's uh, he's definitely missed and will yeah. be missed for sure. But I didn't I didn't want that to go unnoticed. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I because I, I definitely uh, respected uh, your dad, and uh, he, he, he he will be missed. He, for sure. he was he was such a force of life. You yeah, know? and he he loved. He loved to make people laugh and laugh with people. It, it's, uh, uh, you know, that, that he had a joy of living, you yeah. know, and I, and I want to continue that. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. And we, and, and we could tell lots of stories here on this podcast, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll save those for, uh, for around the campfire or something like that. Yeah. So let's go from that and jump into a little bit about the music rig. Like I want to share what your setup is, what you use on stage. So talk to me about guitar of choice when you're playing your shows or multiple guitars, whatever, yes. whatever those may be. Yeah. I mean, my guitar of choice actually is the Fender Telecaster. I, I absolutely love to play that thing. But playing what I play with just in an acoustic setting or just me and my son playing percussion, it doesn't lend itself real well. So I'm, I, I stick with the Taylor acoustic. And I love it too. I, I just, I just kind of love the feel of the the way that what the telly feels on me pa wise i use the ev 30m now and really just use a foot pedal a um a multi-effects pedal the boss uh me 80 and it allows me to loop allows me to put some little delay or you know extra chorus here or increase the volume if i need to and and uh it, it served me well yeah yeah i have a loop pedal on on my board as well but i i stay away from it because i'm I'm not that proficient with it. So the things I don't know well, I tend to stray away from, right? Well, Especially during live yeah, performance. So yeah, I definitely yeah. want to fine tune that a little bit in the studio and then yeah. and then kind of carry it out to a live show. But I've also always had somebody mostly playing with me. Yeah. So we had our own songs that we did and I just never had a reason to really introduce yeah. the loop pedal. But I see so many artists using it and it, it's, fan- I mean, there's some great YouTube ar- artists yes. that I've stumbled across yeah. that, it brings out another dimension of the music, yeah. right? You, just being a solo artist. You, you can build a song uh, just from a loop pedal. And I don't really do that. I will loop a progression, a chord progression. And some of these songs may have the same progression throughout the whole song, the verse, chorus, and everything. And you can loop it one time and play your whole song, be able to play some lead and what have you. Now, Josh will let me know if I'm not proficient in where that where that loop needs to stop. He'll let me know. Why, right why does the kid tell his dad yeah, what, yeah, what he yeah. can and can't do? Well, right? he's, he's got a master's degree in percussion, so I can't argue with Well, there you, you go. Know? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I would encourage any guitar player out there, get you a loop pedal, have it in your arsenal, have it to practice with. I can't tell you how many times I will just loop a two or three chord progression and just play for 30 minutes on that progression. Try different stuff. Go up and down the neck. Try some stuff up here and the scale up here, maybe in the middle of the neck or at the, or, or the bottom. And just uh, it's such a great practice tool. Sure. And then that, that can carry over into a really great live performance, too. Yeah. 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 I'm hoping one day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so, so you brought up Josh. Uh, you brought up uh, his education. You have Josh playing with you at I think most all of your shows now, right? Yes. Or, or, yes. or with Josh. So, how many shows are you playing with him? When did he get interested in playing? Like, when when did that all come about? Because he's always been a musician. I remember him as a yes. young kid. Him and Noah both as young kids and yep. and playing drums and playing yep. the guitar. Like, when did all that come about that you and and Josh would start playing together? Well, you know, him. I'd have to have him tell the story, I guess. But I'm thinking back when we were in in, in the church that uh, 
he would play with uh, or, or, or watch uh, Jody Wells, who was our, our drummer, and Jody would show him a few things, you know, and he'd get up there and, you know, and he had an interest in the drums. I went one day and bought a used drum set, you know, a nice used drum set, brought it home. My wife Cheryl's like, "What are you doing? If he, if he, let him try it. it. You know, I always want to provide the tools for them musically. Sure. If they don't use it, I'll sell it or I'll, I'll keep it myself. But he, he took it up. I mean, he, he continued to play. We, we'd even go in elementary school at the talent show days. I would take off that day or half a day, take the kid up there in the morning, let him play his talent show, and then take it back home. You know, and." Um, it just it, it stuck with him. He played, he played in the um, in the marching band, or he played in band in, in junior high, the marching band in high school, uh, Deer Park High School. He played the marching band at um, McNeese State in in Louisiana, and then he uh, went to grad school in UNLV and got his master's degree. And uh, he was planning on playing the strip and gigging at least for a year, but then when COVID hit, it just kind of derailed everything. Kind of derailed huh? everything, but it was. A benefit to me because then I get to play with him, you know. Yeah. I get to, you know, somebody kind of rein me in a little bit. I, I know that uh, my son and his fiance were planning to get married in Vegas uh, around that time, and COVID derailed the the wedding, of course. But we we had hotels and everything set up through Josh's friend that worked for some of the properties out there and we were looking forward to getting out there and seeing Josh hopefully perform somewhere, but it just, it, it never came about. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it just, it just rogue was pulled out from all those guys for sure. Josh also is a podcaster and has a podcast called the rudimental podcast. And I'm going to assume that that's for percussionists. They're talking yes. about percussionist things, yeah. which I yeah. short of you know, snare toms, floor tom. You know, I know the names of all yeah. the all the pieces for the drums, yeah. but I don't. I'm not a player of the drums. Well, so I, I bought his first drum kit, and I was hoping I'd get on it, but I haven't been on it yet. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's a it's a tender subject, isn't it? I said it's I said right. if he's like 48, <laughs> if if he's already 48 episodes into the podcast, there's a good chance that you're not going to be on it. He and he probably doesn't want a guitar hack on his uh, drum podcast. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking for josh right now and i'm sure he doesn't need me to do that hey love you josh yeah let's talk about places that you're currently playing what you have coming up by way of shows well every friday night i play at uh, napoli's wine cafe which is in the heights on 4600 uh, washington boulevard or 4601 washington boulevard other than that it's been adding some some shows here and there i, I play at uh, jackie's brick house this sunday I played at uh, the Habanero and the and the Wero, uh, uh Mexican restaurant uh, last Saturday, so I'm just kind of throwing a few more in now, you know, in addition to Napoli's. But uh, it's been a good time. It's been a it's been a really um, uh, learning experience too, as far as playing Napoli's every single Friday, the same place, and and being able to to mix up the songs and and, and read the crowds. Yeah, and we talked earlier yeah. before we started recording about set list and and being that you play there every friday night do you change that set list up does it does it deviate uh, is it the same like yeah kind of walk it, me through that well it there are some that I've, I've been trying to do sparsely but there are there are some that i do uh, every week 
just trying to to resonate with the crowd. It's it's an eclectic crowd. It can be young, uh, elderly, to you know, just you name it. So it that challenge, I think, has really helped me. Yeah. You know, as far as trying to, to please whoever comes in that door, you know, give them experience that, that they'll remember. Well, it's almost the old adage of or old saying of adapt, migrate, or die. I mean, you you have to uh, adapt and not not be so rigid. And I guess we that conversation with with uh terry was in here talking to us and and she told me i was a little rigid about my sets because i like to make the sets and stick to them but hey it works for me right and you know i get out there and i play a lot of shows during the year and it's it's always work uh, i haven't been fired yet so I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but uh it, it's worked for me let's just put it that way from a booking of the shows are you your own agent? Do you have an agency that, that helps you book? I mean, talk to me about that because I think that's, you know, for me, I was just booked by an agency recently, but I've always booked my own stuff. I always tell people I have the greatest agent in the world and yeah. that's me, yeah. of course. But how, how does it work for you? Is it just word of mouth? Do you have, is it a, a, a first degree network connection that, hey, I know somebody that owns this yeah. place? Is that kind of how it Yeah, I, I don't have a, a booking agent, but I have a lot of uh, great loving friends that will that will look out for me. So sure. hey, you might want to check this spot out or, or they'll give one of my cards to them or tell me about them and introduce me to them and so forth. And uh, and I always appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. The word of mouth thing is very powerful. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day about when I first started out, I think in 2016, playing out professionally again with paid shows and whatnot. And it was... It was tough. It was knocking, you know, knocking on a lot of doors and saying, hey, I'm a musician. And I'm sure their thought was, yeah, you and 73 million other people are musicians. But as you establish your names out there, you 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 work up. a I don't know if you'd call it a a pedigree or, you know, just places that you played, you, the, the places that you're trying to get into say, oh, well, he played this place, that place, this place, that place. And then it makes you a little more credible, like, oh, he must be pretty decent. You know, let's bring him in for a try. So it's certainly a lot easier to get into places when you've already established yourself as a, as a local musician. Sure. We're, we're winding down a little bit on time. One thing I did want to make sure that we shared with the listeners is where they can find you on social media, like as far as shows or whatever, if you could right. maybe share, you know, some information around that for them. Well, I'm on Facebook, of course. I'm on Facebook. I got Paul Hartwell and then also got Paul Hartwell Music, the music page. Um, I've also, you know, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter. I had a website years ago and I'm, I'm in the process of going in and kicking that up again. And when I, when I get that I'll, I'll announce that out but uh yeah they can they can they can find me on the social medias yeah awesome so i i'll end the uh the show here with some quick fire questions for you make you think a little bit if, if you can answer them with one word answer great if you if you if you want to uh kind of expound upon yeah. uh, feel, feel free to do that too so beetles or the stones apples and oranges love them both yeah that, that's not a definitive answer. That's like... I'm sorry. <laughs> Van Halen or Hendrix? Van Halen. Summer or winter? Winter. TV or radio? Radio. That's interesting. I, and, and I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek all the time and joke around a little bit about it, but I, I'm so stuck in the music that I love and that I came up with that 
my, my joke is I stopped, I turned off the radio in 1989 and I never listened to it again after that. That's not 100% true. Yeah. I'm not much of a TV guy myself, so I'd have to have to go with radio myself. A perfect vacation for you. Where, where would it be? Oh man. Perfect vacation. I think Colorado. Go see some John Denver country. Yeah, L- live those songs, you know. Because I, I, when I, I went to Colorado before, and, and just all the John Denver songs just came alive to me. Yeah, what a great artist! What a great artist! Uh, I know you've always been heavily influenced by John Denver, oh, yeah. and I know your mom and dad were huge lovers of of John John Denver, yeah. one of the greatest singer songwriters of, of I, our time. I sure. saw him four times in concert, and I saw him the last time two weeks before he passed, and I was at Jones Hall, and he played with the Houston Symphony. And he was on top of his game. I mean, it was the visuals, everything. He hit every note. I was just, man, I was blown away. And it's amazing to think that he's been gone over 20 years now. Yeah, yeah. From a, from a, it was a plane crash plane in crash. the Monterey Peninsula, yeah. right? Monterey Bay. Um, it was one of those experimental planes, the Long Easy. And it's one of those planes that uh, you got to... Um, Change the oil, change the gas tanks, but you got to reach behind you to take the lever and 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 change it over. And I think that's what happened when he reached behind him; it, it nosedived. Yeah, it was October twelfth, nineteen ninety seven. That was a big loss there. Oh yeah, yeah. I can still remember you were kind of the one that turned me on to John Denver's greatest hits. The yeah. picture I can still visualize it. Yeah. Him on the on the cover, it was kind of green, uh, kind of a greenish. You had the cassette in the back of your back pocket for a while. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe yeah. so, yeah. But great songs on that, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Acoustic or electric? Ooh. Um, apples and oranges. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's no right, yeah, there's yeah, no right yeah. or wrong answer. Yeah. I'd have to say I, acoustic for me. Like, I just, that's what I play. Yeah. So, yeah. Stay in or go out? Oh, Stay in and play some music. There you go. There you go. Rock or country? Rock. Early bird or night owl? Early bird every every morning. <laughs> For those listening out there, there's no more of an early bird than this guy. Uh, and he wakes up ready to go. And his dad was the same damn yes, way. Yeah. Uh, I can remember at uh, one of our reunions, uh, we, we probably didn't get in till 4 o'clock in the morning. And at 4.01... There was somebody banging on the window with uh, Chick-fil-A biscuits ready to go. And it's like, we've had one minute of sleep. You need to get a, you need to leave, dude. But I've, all, I've always associated the early birds with, with the Hartwells, yes. right? Yes. Let's see. You can uh, plead the fifth on this one, but favorite place to play. Oh. Um, and that can be for any reason, right? You know, I mean, that's, good. that's a good question. Favorite place, you know, if my favorite place to play is around a campfire. There you go. That's a, that's a great answer. There's no better. There's yeah. no better setting. Yeah. I don't think around a campfire with friends. The last one I played was uh, I think it was Leah's house. Uh, Leah and Vince Calloway. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know the. Every year, the uh, some of the guys that we graduated from high school with would would do a river trip and yes. just just playing yes. playing around yep. uh, by the river. You know, that's kind of the epitome of of what music should be, you know, some, some friends, close friends with, with some drinks and, and an acoustic guitar. You can't beat that for sure. Do you have a, uh, a favorite song to play live? Is there one that sticks out in your brain? Mm. Well, that's a good question. You know, right now, I think it, it changes, you know, it changes. Um, but right now it's the boxer. 
by uh, Paul Simon, and uh, we we talked about that. That uh, it was redone by Mumford and Sons. But I've always loved the song, know the song, but I never never played the song. Sure, yeah. sure. That's a definitely a great song. I stumbled across a YouTube video of a father and a son, and I think the son had to have probably been eight years old, nine years old. But his dad was playing the boxer, and the kid was singing harmonies on that. And it sounded fantastic. I think that that was probably my first exposure to that song. And I mentioned to you before the uh, before the show uh, went on the air that you guys did that really well. It sounded good, and and Josh lent a real nice percussion to to that song. It it all fit together really well, the vocals and and the drum parts. So. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Yeah, number one influential musician or band. Mm. Boy, that's a that's a tough one because there, there, there's different facets, you know. Yeah, there's so think, many too. Right? I, I, I think sometimes that that David Gilmore on the guitar, you know, he never played fast. Never, never played fast. But his notes are so memorable. Yeah, his bends, his, his the way he took those notes and just and just took you somewhere in that song. Yeah, he was not a flashy player by any stretch, but the he could deliver. I mean, some of the greatest solos yes. that I can think of, just yeah. like if, now that you're mentioning that, yeah. just right off the top of my head, you know, you got Comfortably Numb, you've Love got, uh, you know, Another Brick in the Wall. Hey, I mean, you, I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, that guy was just like the tone, the tonality of, of the piece. And again, it, it wasn't a speed thing. It was just, it was yeah. melodic, yeah. you know, and it, it, it just worked. I heard David Crosby said that uh, Fender... Fender should have a statue of David Gilmore in front of their front of their company. That would yeah. be fitting yeah. for sure, for sure. Formal training or play by ear? Um, I kind of, um, kind of a little bit of both. I mean, I I, I do play by ear, but but YouTube is is got in in the internet itself. But YouTube has got such a wealth of information to learn from. If you want to learn to play guitar, play piano, whatever you want to do, learn to sing better. Go to YouTube and put in guitar lessons or vocal lessons and look what comes up. It's amazing. You know, I was telling somebody that back when we were coming up as as new guitarists, there was no such thing as YouTube. There was no such thing as tablature. You 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 literally took your your cassette or your CD or whatever it was at the time and you popped it in. And you listened and you listened and you hit stop and rewind, stop, rewind, yeah. stop, rewind yeah. until yeah. you heard every note in that song. Yeah. And then you went back and tried to mimic it. And it could take you weeks to yeah. learn that song. Now you got you got people going out and they're learning songs in an hour. Yeah. But like I always said, like with, with my son, Brandon, he's become a fabulous player. He's not formally trained so if, if if he's sitting and i'm not downing him when i say this it's just it's it's a matter of fact but if you're in a band setting you got a drummer you got a keyboard player you got all these guys and somebody says 12 bar blues and the key of b or the key of e and they break off you know it could be a struggle for somebody that doesn't understand port chord progressions and the theory behind that right yeah, so sure. that's why i've always said it's important to know a little bit about the yep. theory because then it all makes sense but back to the tablature piece if you don't if you just look at tablature 
and you don't know the song, there's no way that you're in rhythm because tablature doesn't teach you rhythm, right? right? It's just right. you're playing something note for note, but the rhythm is like all off. You, right. you have to know that part of it too, for sure. You know, and, and, and you'll have you good H and H and by the you know the, uh, the the song books or what have you, but they're going to be in in the key. Probably it was it was written in or what have you, but with the key you need to sing it in different it's going to be different yeah yeah you got to find your wheelhouse and you got to bring that song in your wheelhouse and you got to learn to be able to go between keys you know go up or go down and that's it bring in your will and you see that a lot with musicians where you're like okay let's see if they're going to hit this high note right. and, and they don't and right. it's because they haven't rekeyed the song probably right. like right. You, you should have brought it down a right. half step or a whole step or whatever whatever the case may be to fit the vocal yeah. it doesn't have yeah. to be like the record and i think a lot of people believe that oh no, it has to be it has it has to sound just like the record, well, and, and it doesn't. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of these artists that recorded an album thirty years ago. When you see them live now, they're doing a lower key. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They can't hit the high notes no, that they used no, to be able to hit. Yeah, your voice changes at ages for sure. Greatest song of all time. Oh, <sighs> how do you even pick one? Right? How do you pick one? You know, you could say "Stairway to Heaven." Then I think of Andy Holsey trying to dissect it. <laughs> 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 I, you know, God, I, I, that that's that's tough. For me, I think the song that's moved me the most uh, in general would be uh, "Amazing Grace." Just interesting, it, yeah. yeah. Just 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 the song itself, done by. Couldn't you tell you, but who who would be done? Because done by so many different people. But that song um, is very it's powerful. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's for powerful. sure. And I and I'm not a listener of of gospel or or Christian music. I know there's a lot of good stuff out there. But that's a staple song, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. knows that song. Everybody, like knows, everybody song. knows Happy Birthday and everybody knows Amazing Grace. I, right? was, I was very fortunate to be able to play that song at my grandmother's funeral, Louise Marshall, Mima, who was a wonderful person. I mean, just she was love. She'd hug you. She'd, you know, she, you, you went to see her with open arms. You brought a friend over. She loved them as much as she loved you. And I was just. I'm so proud to have her as my grandmother and, and, and the legacy of love that she left for us. It's, it's, it's immeasurable. And I was able to play that at her funeral. So it was, it was, it was great. I think it takes a, a special, I don't know if a special person is the right uh, words, but I think because I like you get, get in the middle of the music and get inside the music. I think if somebody asked me to play a song at a funeral, it would be so emotional for me because I'm outwardly emotional. And especially with music, if you tie the emotion of music and death together, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's overwhelming yeah. to me. And some people can get through that. Some people don't bat an eye. I, I don't know that I could do no, it. And uh, I know I know plenty of people that do not play funerals. You know, it's nothing against them. It's nothing on them. They they don't play funerals because of that fact. They don't want to have to stop the song. But I, I try to to know that I'm doing that song to comfort, and I'm comforting the people there. You know, and it's comforting me too. And I try to stay focused on that comfort rather than the loss and you have to keep that in the back of your mind when you're playing it you can't lose sight of that i remember seeing a video of vince gill singing at i think it was george jones funeral with patty was it patty loveless he loved he was saying go rest high on that man he couldn't get through it no she had to do his parts for him almost and 
when I looked at him, I think they called, I think George Jones called him Sweet Pea was, yeah, was his nickname, right? right? right. Um, if I remember correctly, but um, that would be me. I said, that's Randy. If, yeah. if there, if there's, if you want to see Randy, look at that video. And that's what I would be at, at a funeral. Like he was just choked and he, yeah. and he couldn't get through the songs. Yeah, for sure. Last question here. Greatest podcast on the internet. Oh, yeah, hands down. I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say Joe Rogan's experience there for a second. So anyway, Paul, thanks for being on the show. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. If there's a guest that you'd like to have on the show, email me at randy at randyhalsey.com. Let me know who that is. I, I've got a lot of interesting people coming up. I've got local artists. I've got regional artists. I've got some folks out of Nashville, uh, Arizona. I got some Louisiana folks. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to uh, hearing the stories of a lot of the people, Paul included, that that I've grown up with, that that I respect, that I've grown to love. For the listeners out there, you can find the podcast on Facebook at Backstage Pass Radio Podcast. My personal uh, ID on Facebook is Randy Holzing Music. On Instagram, it's Backstage Pass Radio, and then my personal is at Randy Halsey Music. And then the, the website is backstagepassradio.com. If you, I guess, don't want to download an app to listen to the podcast, you rather just go to a browser, you can go to that browser, pick the episode, and play it there. And then randyholsey.com will have all of my personal music schedule. Again, make sure you like, share, subscribe to the podcast. If you can write a review, I think that that's going to help set this show apart from a lot of the shows out there is by getting five-star reviews. So if you can take the time to do that, you know I would gratefully appreciate that. And Paul, again, thanks for being on the show. And we'll see you guys next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at R Halsey Music. Also make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio. Backstage Pass Radio.